Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Good to Know Shreveport Bossier. This is a podcast showcasing all the good things, the positive things happening in and around our community. My name is Jeff Beinfor. Over here to my right, that's my co-host, Paul Reeser, a local businessman, member of the Committee of 100, and a French fryer extraordinaire. Every podcast, we focus on uh, topics and initiatives that are having, as I said, positive impacts on the community. We have new episodes every other Wednesday, and you can find Good to Know wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, the honors to introduce our special guests belong to you, and I know you're excited about today. I'm super excited, Jeff, as always, but especially I just said excited. That. Yeah. So excited today that I'm gonna read it to make sure I get it correct. <laughs> I didn't know you could read. <clears throat> Stick around. <laughs> I can't wait. So uh, our guest today, William Joyce, Bill Joyce. We've been waiting a long time. Uh, our guest today is incredibly talented and creative filmmaker, Bill Joyce. So he's won six Emmy Awards, three Annie Awards, which you'll have to describe in a moment, and one Academy Award so far. Wow. Uh, Academy I'm impressed, Award. man. Thanks. Oh, we can just stop right there. Take it, no, but I'm gonna keep going. Keep going. On. So he's contributed to a lot of Pixar uh, movies, Toy Story, A Bug's Life. He has also worked on several Disney films. He is a world-renowned children's author with over 50 titles, 40 of them uh, changed into over 40 languages. Uh, he is an artist. His paintings have been on numerous covers of the New, York Ma New Yorker magazine. The list goes on and on. Well, keep going. I'm going to keep no, going. <laughs> no, uh, like that. I'm excited. End it, man. End it. I'm going to end it, but I'm excited because you're not only from Shreveport, but you're still in Shreveport. You office here, you work here, your studio's here. Uh, so without further ado, and that's a lot of ado, Jeff, I know. The incredibly <laughs> I like, talented, I do, I do. incredibly talented, and just heck of a nice guy, Bill Joyce. Well, thanks for the nice guy. Pleasure. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Thanks, uh, for me. thanks for having me. I've never met an Oscar winner before. Uh, there's not a lot in, in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, I bet. There's like two. I thought I met one once. I was working in Memphis, and uh, Gary Sinise, you know Gary mm -hmm. Sinise? He came to do, he has a band, and he came to do a, a gig. And I went out to interview him, and I said, man, I've never, and I was thinking, Forrest Gump, right? Mm -hmm. He was so fantastic in right. that. And I can't believe, I was talking to him about the Oscar, and he's like looking at me. He goes, hey, man, I didn't win the Oscar for that. And I went, you're kidding. I really thought he did. <laughs> he was fantastic. So Captain Dan? Captain Dan, Captain yeah. Captain, Captain Dan. Dan. Yeah, who lost his legs. Yeah. That's a lot but, to give for a part. By the way, that was pretty cool, the way they did that, too. Yeah. Very realistic. Early, Is that something that you would kind of work on with what you do? That could, kind of effect? Or? I could now. Back then, it was so brand new. Yeah. And it blew everybody away. Yeah, it was really you know, neat. It was like, how really they neat. do that? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was neat. Anyway, let's that. not talk about well, Jake yeah, let's talk about some of your movies. <laughs> so you say not a lot in Louisiana, just not a lot anywhere. Uh, it's, it is a heck of an honor and a heck of an accomplishment. I watched your speech last night, your acceptance speech yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, do you recall being there at all? Does, how, oh. What was that like at the Oscars? <laughs> Look, it's, you know, I've loved movies since I was a kid and I've been movie crazy since I was a kid. In fact, I used to come up to this TV station yeah. when I was in high school. And cause you know, back then movies, old movies showed up just occasionally on the local mm -hmm. you know, TV stations, on the yeah. three stations. And so if there was a classic movie that you'd never seen, usually the only way you would see it would be on the late show. And so I got to know the programmer for Channel 3. <laughs> and I go, under the guise that I was writing reviews for the old movies for the, the Bird High School newspaper, which <laughs> was true. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, yeah, there's some movies that I really want to see that I've never seen. And, and he goes, well, you know, 
we they sell them to us in these batches, right? So just look through and find, right. find yeah. you know, which one. So I was like, all right, Citizen Kane, I'm not, that'll mm. be great. And he goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Re reportedly the finest film ever made. It is an amazing but it, movie. But does it hold up? Do you think it holds up? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I probably watch it. It's a little bit of a slow start, but I'm going to watch it again. Uh, do it. Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, it's. I probably watch it twice a year. Really? And it rewrote the language of film in a lot of ways. Nice. And it's it's an extraordinary accomplishment. And it the first time I saw it though in high school because I showed it on TV, yeah. on Channel Three. I was disappointed, right? Yeah. And but it was over my head right, in a yeah. lot of ways. You have to be sophisticated. No, you just have to have some <laughs> sense. I don't oh, okay. have any yet. I have none of that yet. <laughs> so, I still don't. But man, so you're not going to like it, Jeff. <laughs> it was, right. I, I learned a lot from that movie. And I still I'm sure as a filmmaker, you amazing. You using it, you carried some of that stuff forward? Absolutely. All right. The way he uses sound, the way he edits, the way he sets up shots, the way he lights. The guy was 23 years old when he made this that's, movie. Yeah. That's just crazy. So. But back to your Oscar. Yeah. You walked up there in the crowd. I mean, all these <laughs> movie stars uh, and they're clapping and cheering yeah. and you, you look pretty happy. Do you remember it or do you have blacked out? No, I did not black out. I did lose the ability to think for a little while. <laughs> and, and a friend of mine told me who had won, he goes, your brain's gonna start doing some weird stuff when they start announcing your category. And he was right, I lost my hearing. I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And so I was looking ahead of me because all the nominees in my category were sitting the end of the row in a row in front of me, right? Hmm. So since I'd lost the ability to hear, I, uh, <laughs> I looked to see if they stood up and they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> and, and so I turned to my son who was sitting to my, to my left and he was like, And <laughs> <laughs> wow. you couldn't hear him. Well, I guess that means we won. Yeah. <laughs> so for those I of you listening, he just made a very excited face for his yeah. son was making, shaking him. And you, had the, you were the only cool guy with a hat on. You came up. And uh, it was a great speech. Well, you talked to you. right away about Louisiana. And <laughs> yeah. Well, we had practiced a speech, and they told us to do that. There's a, there's a cool lunch a few days before the, the awards where all the nominees go to lunch, and they kind of prep you. Okay. And they're like, don't write a speech down and pull out a piece of paper. You know, figure out what you're going to say ahead of time. Make it quick pithy, funny, and like you just <laughs> made it up on the spot. Don't say pithy in front of him. He's anti-pithist. And so Brandon and I sat down the night before and came up with our speech. And they said only one of us could talk, and which everybody breaks that rule. Right. And we were just sure. going we to throw it back and forth to each other. Mm -hmm. So we worked on this, and we felt like we had it down pat. And we get up to the stage. And <laughs> we could hear right in front of us on the first row was, um, oh God, I'm, now I'm drawing a blank. Two of the biggest stars in the world. And they're yeah, like, Jeff narrows it down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is like that night. But I heard them go, <laughs> I heard him whisper because we'd sat with, with oh God. some other big stars. <laughs> anyway. We'd sat with him at lunch, and we had a great time. And he goes, Kevin oh. Costner. No, okay. bigger. No, I'm sorry. Oh, bigger. Whoa. That is big. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> oh. Um. Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Frank I go, Sinatra. I go way back. Frank yeah, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. <laughs> oh, no, I can, I can see him. 
same guy from my brother. Oh, listen to you guys. It's, we've all got the disease. This is oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly Edit all this out, Jason. Okay, all right. Anyway, never mind. The leave he, it in. Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. Well done. Yes. He turns to Sandra Bullock and in a stage whisper says, those are those animation guys. They are so crazy and so much fun. And so I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and we forgot our speech. So those are the ones you did dinner with the night before? Yeah. Uh, the lunch earlier. Lunch earlier. And, and I, had, I had the speech on a piece of paper under my hat. That's the reason I wore the hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the look thing, at trade secrets. The nice. thing is, we got so flustered by that. Yeah, yeah. And so I remembered the first line, and I said it. And then Brandon just repeated what I had said. And I yeah. went, okay, he's lost. And then we just started talking. And I really didn't know what we had said until late that evening when we got to say it, see it play back. And mm -hmm. I was like, I think we did okay. <laughs> people yeah. clapped and stuff. Yeah. And then people were coming up to us afterwards saying, y'all were great. Oh my gosh. Nice. They just loved your enthusiasm. Yeah. You were so happy and We and were gracious. so happy. So, well done. Remind Thank us you. again the name of the movie that you won for. It's a, it's a, it's the longest title to ever win a short film Oscar. <laughs> all right? It's called The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morris Lesmore. Ah, very cool. Very and cool. And we made it into a book and into an app, and it was the number one best-selling book and the number one best-selling app. And it was... And an Oscar-winning And movie. an Oscar-winning show. And, and all made here in Shreveport? All made here in Shreveport. That's fantastic. Absolutely. So the name of your studios is Moonbot Studios? It was Moonbot, yeah. You change it? Yeah, we went, we kind of closed Moonbot and okay. during the, before the pandemic and they changed the, um, the incentives, tax incentives for film because mm -hmm. mm. the state was so broke and, and it was just a tough, we had done it so beautifully for a little while and, and then. I like Moonbot, that's neat. What do you call it now? Uh, it's like called Howdy Bot. Howdy bot. Okay. Well, still got the bots in there. That's right. Okay. And uh, uh, tell us all about your studio. I mean, that's pretty cool that it's located yeah, right here. here in Shreveport. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 we're like guerrilla warfare or something. I don't know. <laughs> we're so small and nimble and we're able to jump into new technologies very easily mm -hmm. and and that's for the last like four years, five years, I've really been focusing the, the f on new stuff that's, that's changing the industry and it's changing it so fast. And it's not, it, it, you don't have to be there. Like I, I, we're using the Epic Game Engine, which is the most powerful game engine in the world. And to generate our imagery and even like figure out how to do our, our films and to, to use a different kind of methodology. Cause it's very complicated to make a, an animated short film. There's sure. nothing there yeah. when you start. Right. There's literally not a thing. Mm -hmm. So every blade of grass, every doorknob, every nostril you have to like <laughs> yeah. design mm -hmm. and then render in these you know powerful computers. And the game engines have developed these, these Supercomputers that have so much, they can do so much in real time. So during the pandemic, when everything was shut down, it was like, let's try the, the Epic Game Engine to do a short film to prove that it's a viable way to make a film. And we contacted Epic and they're like, we would love for you to do that. And they paid for the short film to, to nice. be made and just use our technology and then tell everybody about it. So during the pandemic, you know, my small team here in Treeport 
worked in tandem with most of the crew, which was in, uh, in London, and wow. then coordinating with all the people at, at Epic Games. And we did, but we had crew all over the place in Czechoslovakia and, and Chicago and Los Angeles. Wow. And we just Zoom, you know, yeah. several hours a day, but we were able to do things that were, I never thought were po gonna be possible in, in computer animation. We were able to do things faster, more intuitively, much more like live action filmmaking by using that powerful engine. And the, the short turned out really beautifully and we won a ton of, um, of uh, film festivals. I was hoping we'd get back at the Oscars. We just missed yeah. making that. But then in the last few months, last year, AI has been coming mm -hmm. into the picture in a big way. And we've been embracing that. And I found some very talented young people in town that are so into AI and we are blazing amazing trails in AI right mm. now. We're doing things that only a handful of people on the planet are doing. And nice. it's very exciting. And so part of like, what's always interesting to me about Shreveport is there have always been amazing talents here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody, every town has that going on, mm. you know? It's like, there are, Johnny Carson came from Nebraska, you know, right. like all, everybody yeah. comes from somewhere else, basically. And, but to be here and be able to tap into that is, and to find these people that are here. I mean, they would have to go somewhere otherwise, right? Sure. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited when I'm able to find that kind of talent here. And I always, almost always do. I mean, it's not just in LA and it's not yeah. just in you know, the big cities. It's everywhere, especially now. The technology is so, I'll call it democratic, that there's no reason why you can't do something amazing any place. So this city has always been very supportive of, of that mm -hmm. and of me trying to do that. And so it makes it easy to be here. How many and folks uh, work in your studios here in Shreveport? Well, it varies, you know, from time to time when we were doing the, um, more uh, the the last short film, the Epic Games short film, which had the title almost as long, um, <laughs> Mr. Spam Gets a New Hat. Um, we had- Is it the hat you were wearing? I mean, the it was close, <laughs> it was a derby. Um, okay. It, we probably had about six people here and about 45 people in the UK and then a few sprinkled around the rest of the world. And, but right now I really only need like five people and we're with AI and with the Epic Game Engine, we're mm -hmm. able to just do amazing things. Now, when it comes down to getting into production on a feature film, we'll have to ramp up a lot but these tools make getting there so much faster and so much less expensive than it used to be. That mm -hmm. That's part of the excitement of it these days. What's, what's your capacity to ramp up a larger feature here in Shreveport? Because I think that's, that's always been a challenge. People say, well, we've got to go out to, like you say, New York or mm -hmm. LA, but how do we bring film into Shreveport and what's our capacity for that right now? The capacity is just depends on what, if it's live action or animation, when you have, live action, you're asking a crew to come in, be, for a, be here for a little while, make the film and go away. During the heyday of film production, you know, we had that going on like crazy after Katrina mm -hmm. and for the years after that, you know, we were able to, to, to build a, a steady talent base of a, of a, so there was, you know, enough people to be able to crew at least two movies at any given time without mm -hmm. people having to come, too many people having to come in. Mm -hmm. And that was wonderful. And then when the, 
tax incentives had dried up for that span of time. Now they're back. We just we lost it. Lost all the wind lost that was in our sails, of- and you know, Georgia picked up everything that we were getting different mm-hmm. places. And for animation, it's a different kettle of fish, in that you know we were able to bring about sixty people in at Moonbot, and we we didn't listen to our own advisors that said do your big project and scale back down to about 15 mm-hmm. and then when it's time to get back into it scale back up mm-hmm. and we loved our employees too much right. you know we fell in love with our, our the culture that we'd made sure. and that put us at a, di- you know, a disadvantage we had to just do stuff to try to keep the doors open instead of what we're supposed to be focused on which was our ideas mm-hmm. and, and then when the tax incentives went away just all burned it up yeah. so you said the tax incentives are back they are and and they and they are tailored in a way to help out they call them indigenous filmmakers you know <laughs> people who are from here mm-hmm. so there's they're even better now if you're from here and you live here mm-hmm. and you make it here and so I'm starting a, uh, a live action film that I want to film in Shreveport to take advantage Sweet. of those yeah. and completely and just see, just show everybody, see it can work again yeah. and and it, we could start getting this stuff back here. Right. Two questions, What's A, what's the name of that film? Okay. Mm. <laughs> you got a minute? You it's, like this one? <laughs> it's shorter. Right. Oh no! <laughs> You've ruined my expectations. All right, this is, I'll set it up with my thinking behind it, all right? <laughs> okay. What is it, what, okay, I, I want it, I, we can't afford to make, I can't, I don't want to try to raise $100 million to make a movie in Shreveport. I don't want to raise $100 million for anything. I want that to be somebody else's job. But right. if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to raise this money, all right? Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'll do a, a lower budget film, maybe around $10 million. What are the low-budget films that succeed the most? Uh, science fiction and horror. And I love science fiction and horror. Yeah, and I've been too. wanting to put Not on horror. those long pants for a long time. I've been <laughs> okay. in cartoon land yeah. for you know mm. almost the entirety of my career. So getting to do something that would scare the bejesus out of somebody is something that I've really wanted to do. Not like a splatter film like the Star right. films, but like a film that really just scares you. Like The Shining or something? Yeah. More psychological. So, I decided to make a film set in Shreveport, Louisiana in Halloween night of 1957, the year I was born. Okay. I want to recreate the Shreveport of the, our childhood, anybody that grew up here around that time. And the funny thing is, it's st- so much of it is still here. Like I've done location shooting uh, or scouting all around town, and to make it 1957, there are entire neighborhoods that are just ready to go. Haven't you changed know. that much. No, huh? you park a car, an old car, in front of it, and you're done. Yeah. Nice. And so it all takes place in one night on Halloween night in 1957, and these kids have gone to the movies that day. It's a science fiction movie. I want to set that and like rebuild the old Broadmoor movie theater that used to be across from um, AC Steer. You remember that? Come on, you probably went to movies there. <laughs> I was in Monroe. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Monroe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they, but I see a science fiction movie, and the rest of the night is that science fiction movie in a strange way comes true, starts uh, playing out. Neat. And only 
these kids are immune from what has happened, these invaders that have come and taken over the minds of all the grown-ups and all their friends, <laughs> and only they can save the day. And I want it to be so scary, you can't even breathe. And the, but it's the kids that save the day. So it's not like, it's kind of like something like Stranger Things. I was just thinking Stranger <laughs> Things. But in the 50s and scarier. Oh, okay. man. And using Shreveport like crazy. All right, so what's the name? The, the name of it is. <laughs> That's a long title. <laughs> it's a long setup for a short title. <laughs> okay. The name of it is uh, Shadows Come. Shadows Come. All right. Shadows I like it. Thank you. I well, like it. All right. Then uh, give me my some next, money. My, my second. <laughs> you put it on his tab. Okay. My next question is, uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on uh, the 50 Cent coming and reviving the millennial, millennials, Millennium Studios. Anything that could bring the energy and brings back is great. Yeah. I don't know that much about 50 Cent, and, and I hope that it, it goes great. Yeah, it, it, I do too. And so... I'm glad that that deal got put together, and you know, it, it's. I don't. I just hope he succeeds. I wish him all, right. all the luck in the world, and that yeah. everything goes swimmingly. Well, this that is would exciting. Be Fifty cent. Fifty cent. Sorry, I just can't. It's I can't fit it. Fifty. Come on. Fifty, 50. 50 cent <laughs> uh, takes over Millennium Studios, and he starts bringing that in. We have a somewhere between ten and a hundred million dollar horror film going on. And, uh, <laughs> yes, there you go. I don't Howdy know about back. you, but I've never been on budget in anything I've ever made. <laughs> well, but, uh, that is a problem. Hopefully it'll be closer to 10 the than The budgets for french fries are not much, so. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, but that's exciting. Well, thank you. We're having a lot of fun. We filmed a sequence for it this past summer, about a 10 minute sequence. And doing night shoots took us three days or three nights and I had my, my stepkids were the stars oh, nice. and, and they did fa a wonderful job there's no dialogue that made it easier it was just a silent like them being chased by aliens thing mm -hmm. and it was so much fun the, the city was so cooperative you know and we could find every location we needed and it was it was a, my, my wife was like you haven't slept in three days and you're still so excited what's going on I'm like <laughs> this is the funnest thing in the world yes. is making a movie. And so, <coughs> yeah. How, so cool. how long does it take to complete a film like that? You know, if you're, depending on your budget, <laughs> you know, <coughs> it took us three days to do seven minutes. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. And so, for to keep the money down, you, pr you try to keep the shoot as short as you can. And so, right. you design, I'm designing this movie so that we don't have that many locations that we don't have that many speaking parts. Mm -hmm. It's at night, which, you know, you won't need as many extras because the streets are supposed to be empty. I mean, you think about all these things mm -hmm. sometimes when you're doing these sure. and you work within those limitations. So, probably a three-week shoot okay. would probably oh, be as good as we could hope for. Wow. Maybe, maybe more than that, I'd probably, but... And then another year of editing on top of that? <laughs> You'd be surprised if you... Except for this new gaming engine you have, you can knock it out quick. Our effects, are, it, the effects can come together really quickly. Um, if you shoot with a lot of clarity, which is what I like to do, I like to prep, you know, within an inch of, as much as we can before we get on set and start right. filming. So things will go faster. And it's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's thrilling to have it all set up and hope it all goes okay. Things always go wrong. But if you're prepared enough, you can tack, right? 
And yeah. some of my favorite times in, in making films, animation or live action, is when everything's going wrong and you have to think on your feet and come up with something on the fly. And sometimes that turns out to be the best mm -hmm. thing that ever happened. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. I don't know. So, uh, well, I'm wondering, so, so why did you decide to stay in Shreveport? You could go anywhere, your, your talent and your creativity and your winning Oscars, and, uh, but you decided to hold it all here in Shreveport, why? I tell you, I understand you're quite the proponent, the, quite the advocate for Shreveport. Well, it's a complicated, it's a simple question and it has a complicated answer. And it's like, I don't know, I think I watched too many like Frank Capra movies growing up or something where <laughs> home was very, you know, mm -hmm. prominent in, in the theme. That home had a very strong pull for all those characters. and. I mean, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's a wonderful life. Isn't it's it? a wonderful yeah. life. It's all about those 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 small towns and staying devoted to them, and paying back the debt. Right? You're yeah, raised right. in this wonderful place, raised by these wonderful people, and leaving it shouldn't be the answer. It should be an option. But I don't know. I, I always like home. F has very strong. Uh, emotional pull for me mm -hmm. and I went away to school I went to SMU and lived in Baton Rouge in New Orleans when my wife was going through uh, law school and then we came back here and she practiced law here and then she was like I don't like being a lawyer and we quit and I, I was doing good with with books and stuff and the movie stuff had just started happening for me so we we spent a year and this is in the, when things hit rock bottom in Shreveport, when the bottom fell out of the oil business mm -hmm. and it, like so much energy was gone and it seemed really kind of sad and desperate and so mm -hmm. many of our friends were moving and I'm like, all right, let's just look around and see what it's like, you know, it's, things are tough here. So we spent a year, because we could, and we, we lived in Cincinnati, which is an awesome town. I lived there. I worked there for two years. Yeah, yeah. It's a great city. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to New Orleans. We went to Austin. We went to Washington, D.C. We went to upstate New York. We went to um, Berkeley. We just bounced around and, and we couldn't, nothing ever felt quite like home, right? Mm -hmm. And so we came back. So you're back. And then we raised kids here and they're grown and nice. You know, then I lost my wife and I lost my daughter. Mm. And the people who that was a tough, tough time and the community yeah. really I wouldn't have gotten that kind of support, you know, from mm -hmm. any place else. I'd grown up here. And so people I'd known my whole life were there for us during that time. And there for us after that time. There for me. Right. You know, That's like good. And there is something I gotta say, <laughs> I used to say it without irony. I used to say, I like knowing old people. <laughs> and now, well, now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm over 60 and I'm like, I like being an old person here. <laughs> yeah. and knowing older people. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I, I, I take great satisfaction in knowing people for the whole span of their lives. and enjoying their company. That's an interesting way to look at it, yeah. So if anybody's uh, interested in working for you, how do they go about doing that? Is that a, a thing? Can they just walk in and apply? Or? Oh man, I hide out. Yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> there's no sign uh -huh. for our office. There's a, um, 
Here's a post-it that just has the number <laughs> of the nice. room that we're in. Okay. And it's when I need somebody, I'll let I let I let it be known. And, gotcha. Because uh, when we had Moonbat and we're we're at the BRF building, you know, there. Yeah. And down on Kings Highway, and we got we were too. Um, what's the word? We were too visible. Too successful. That's well, right. People wanted to be part of it. So, I mean, we had to really be careful about people wandering in and, you know, even to be sweet takes 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, and even just to be cordial yeah. takes I get it. some time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you need to put Jeff at your front door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he will scare them away. So maybe me and Jeff never try get in, I can tell you that. <laughs> So Jeff and I maybe could try out to be extras like newscasters in your movie or something. Oh, we can do that. Early. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love you, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. You, know, you look kind of 1950s, so we can get out. Wow, that's it. Yeah. And I was making those statements before we came in. You were making fun of me. But regardless, I'm used to it. Uh, I mean, man, I want to talk to you forever, but I know you're super busy today. Thanks for coming down look, to the studio. You got me in the chair. I'll let you know. <laughs> so really, really we got like three more minutes here. Okay. Well, you've done so many creative things. I mean, were you just born creative? I mean, like the, my one of my favorite things you did was the Rise of the Guardians. Thank you. Because you've completely reimagined all of our childhood heroes. You know. So, are you familiar with the Guardians? So you take like no. You take like um, um, the Sandman and Santa Claus and Jack Frost. Okay, I and mean, you, you picture them this way, but you don't think much about it. Well, he takes them and turns them into the Justice League or Marvel. Love it. See, I'm Marvel a DC theaters. guy. I love okay, it. Like it's like, Lantern the, it's is like my the Marvel favorite. heroes, and they're fighting <laughs> the Boogeyman. Do you? Yeah, sweet. And you, you're thinking of this right, this this fat jolly old elf Santa Claus, and he makes him this huge bowed up Siberian <laughs> guy with, like it, with yeah. naughty and nice tattooed on his arms <laughs> how do you how do you come up with that look this was I don't usually come up with these I mean just some it's like somebody it's like an idea rock gets thrown at my head or something mm -hmm. and you know and I'm off so when my kids were little and I was first starting to tell them about the icons of childhood you know like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and it would hit me like where did this stuff come from? Because it's like, right. I don't remember like reading about, you know. The origins. Mm, yeah, like there wasn't the, the Congressional Whimsy Act of 1830 <laughs> that established <laughs> these guys. And so when my kids started asking me questions about them, I didn't have a lot of answers. And I'm mm -hmm. like, this is, this is, there should be answers. You know, how do they do their job? Do they know each other? <laughs> yeah. Is what my daughter asked one morning. Yeah. That's a good I'm question. Like, and so I had to wing it. I go, yeah, they know each other. They, they have to work <laughs> together. It's a big, what they do is <laughs> big, yeah. you know? And so that's, that began that whole, like, how to make them interesting, how to make them believable, how to make them cool, how to make them magnificent. Because, I mean, in my mind as a kid, they had to be the coolest guys ever. Mm -hmm. So when I was thinking about Santa, I was thinking that he was kind of like Sean Connery, you know? Yeah. Because the coolest guy when I was a kid growing up was James Bond. Sean Connery is James Bond. He's still pretty cool. He <laughs> is, or was. And yeah. as he as he got out, when, when he quit doing Bond movies and he kept doing different movies, he was still just so cool. So I, I even tried to get him to do the voice, and we talked to him. Really? Wow. Nice. 
it was <laughs> God, I really because there's cussing in this story. So but we presented it to him, right? Now I was just the lowly writer and they're like, Okay, you Sean only comes in twice a year into CAA and the talent agency and so you are going to be in this other room and when we get to presenting him the Santa, the Santa part to him mm -hmm. I'm going to push a button on the phone so you can hear what's happening but you're going to be in this room because you're not important enough <laughs> to be in here Wow! and so I hear the beep comes on and and I hear them saying you know this is this young author I was younger then you know, he's done this amazing bunch of books, you know, and he thinks that you would be wonderful as Santa Claus. And we think this, these books are going to do really well. And I hear, I hear him go, well, oh, sounds very interesting. Hand it over. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. So he flips through and he goes, please, you're lovely. When? When would I do this? And I'm like, well, we, we'd like to start recording you right now. And he said, can I cuss on this? Can I, can sure, I go ahead. We can beep it out. We'll see yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. Nah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. He said, nah, it'll f*** my golf game. <laughs> 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 so Sean Connery is... Yeah, they'll have to beep that one out. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll beep it so out, but it'll keep it in. And then the thing, the line went dead. So I stood out in the hall when the <laughs> meeting started breaking up so I could just see him, right? Yeah. He comes out and he looks... He's got on this awesome suit and... He just radiates movie stardom. Like sometimes you meet movie stars and they're, they're, they're kind of ordinary. You're kind of surprised at how they would blend. Right. Mm -hmm. Sean Connery radiates stardom. Like yeah. There's not anybody like him. Very cool. So he's walking down the hall towards me and I lock eyes with him. He just kind of looks at me, nods, and he goes, <laughs> and I went, oh my God. James That's Bond before just he was like on Jeopardy. James Bond just took you out, man. License to kill. All right, we got to wrap that. I, I would like this to go on all day. But, but you could. ended up with Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah. We got to say that. Yes, we did. And Alec Baldwin, he did a triumphant job. He did, he did really good. You got a final? You want to hit? It's as long as one of his movie titles. Well. I mean, <laughs> I just can't stop. Thanks, Bill, for coming well, today. Thank you very really much for having me. really appreciate it. Excited uh, for the work you're doing in Treeport. And, and, and I know you. we could have a whole other meeting just about the things that you do to kind of bring awareness to the good things in Treeport. Well, we can do that one. But thanks for thanks for your talent and staying well, here. You. If you mean it, we will do it again. No, I enjoy thank you talking so much. about this is Treeport. Awesome. This I really is awesome. like talking about it. Well, we like talking to you about it. Okay. So. All right. Thanks very Oscar much. Oscar winner Bill Joyce has been our guest today. Uh, good to know Shreveport Bozier. Pick it up wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a good one, everybody.